3: Welcome, Allison. We got
2: second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's
3: a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In
2: spite of me. <laughs> like,
4: what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Right now it's time for the Vegas lead. Aaron Rodgers missed practice on Thursday as the Packers go on the road this week at Washington to take on the Redskins, a one Eastern time kickoff on Fox. And
4: Fez, we've said it once, we will say it again. Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in NFL history. Worth 10 points per game doesn't mean he's the best player ever. It means that he's the best quarterback, consensus Vegas opinion, Rodgers' best quarterback, and today the quarterback position is more valuable than any position in NFL history has ever been. I think this is a flat spot for Green Bay. Why? They had two monster games. That Bears comeback and all the emotions around that week one. Cleveland and the the zigging and zagging, the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows, and I think this feels flat. Quick handicap on the Packers this week.
2: If Rodgers is close to 100%, this line is right, that Green Bay should be laying three. If he's anywhere not close to 100%, like you said, RJ, an extra 10 minutes of overtime against the Vikings, a lot of energy taken out, tough spot for the Packers.
4: Yeah, and not only the emotions, but the physical of playing that extra 10 minutes. Packers on the road, favored by three right now against the Skins. I question the Skins' only win against this Arizona team that we don't know how bad that Arizona team is.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Guys, it's been a wild week for Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is back in Pittsburgh, and he spoke to the media earlier today.
4: The culture should be winning. That's all that matters. That's how business is winning. We're not winning. I'm pissed off. I'm passionate about winning. I signed up to win. I, I work extremely hard, put 20 hours a day of my life and my body away from my family to, to win. And when we don't, yeah, I'm pissed off because I take it serious. A lot of time go into this, a lot of hard work and effort. So, yeah, I am pissed off. Yes, yeah, I'm a Steelers fan, but I remain objective. Here's my big question in this game. Is the Steelers typically play well with their backs against the wall. You've got to wonder if they truly believe their backs are against the wall.
2: Yeah, and I wonder it as well. And my basic strategy, when I look at a Pittsburgh game, when they go on the road, Big Ben's so much better at home than on the road. If I'm really not sure, I'm going to lean against the Steelers on the road.
4: And this is a team, and right now the Steelers are favored by one and a half in Tampa Bay with Fitzpatrick. And it's easy to say Fitzpatrick is a fluke, But this Tampa team has maybe the best wide receiver duo in football. And this Tampa team has an offensive coordinator they've let loose. Cutter has. He's doing some original stuff. So, yeah, I think Fitzpatrick's hot. But I think it's more than just luck right now. And I think Pittsburgh, the Steeler players, love attention. Will they get more attention if they win or lose? And I feel like – now, that sounds absurd, right, because everyone wants to make the playoffs – I think Pittsburgh feels like they can do it. Like, if I'm playing horse against a nine-year-old, if I let them get up HO, I'm not that worried. It sounds absurd the Steelers think that way, but as a fan, it seems like they do.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search
2: FSR to listen live. Let's talk Alabama versus the world.
4: Yeah, right now, this came out just recently here in Las Vegas. We have the Golden Nugget, Tony Miller down there, longtime old-school bookmaker, has put up odds on Bama versus Ohio State versus Georgia versus Clemson versus Oklahoma. And, boy, it's a surprise to me. And we got the right guy to talk about it. He has all the college knowledge, Brad Powers.
3: I read nine newspapers a day.
4: He does. All right, Brad, let's start. Bama versus Ohio State. What's the number?
1: Alabama, a nine-and-a-half point favorite over the Buckeyes.
4: Nine-and-a-half. This is the closest game. Closest spread. So Vegas is saying Ohio State's the second best team. Yep. And they're almost double-digit favorites. <laughs> Remarkable, isn't it? Now, you've been handicapping. You're only in your mid-30s, but a long, long time. Is this the biggest spread you've seen between the best team and the second-best team?
1: No, I mean, we saw one in the national championship game. But, we,
4: but who's to say Notre Dame was the best team no, or the second-best team?
1: Yeah, that, that's a good call there. And Georgia was less of a underdog, the SEC championship game that year. No, I was going back to 2002, the national championship game, the Buckeyes against Miami. Are we Miami. sure Ohio State was the second-best team probably that year? Probably not, but that was a 14-point spread. So that, that would have been probably the biggest disparity. And
4: we've talked about – could this Bama team be the best team of the century? And I would say this if they play this well, if this is their true baseline, if this is their true level, I'd say yes. Yep. But I don't think we know yet. What's the toughest team Bama's played?
1: <sighs> their last game, probably Old Miss.
4: And where's Old Miss? You do your power rankings, 1 to 32. You can get those at Brad Powers7 on Twitter, at Brad Powers, P O W E R S, then the number seven. Where is Ole Miss right now in your power rankings? Number 51. So, my point is an ability to dominate a mediocre team is a sign of being good, but it's different than playing even, you know, winning by 10 or 15 against an elite team. So, I think Bama has answered one question. I don't think they've answered the second one yet, but still the numbers keep climbing. You got Georgia as your second best team. Vegas here says third. What's the line, Alabama-Georgia?
1: Alabama, a 10.5-point favorite over Georgia. Keep in mind, just last year, neutral field, national championship game, Alabama was a three and a half, four 4-point favorite over Georgia in the national championship game last year.
4: Now, is Georgia compared to last year? Uh, you got them second this year. Are they up or down? Between last year and this year,
1: I thought Georgia would be down two or three points, but so far Georgia exceeded expectations. Georgia was only right around a double-digit favorite of South Carolina and. Pretty much dominated that game. Georgia's a little bit better than what I thought they were, at least coming into the season. Georgia's probably a point and a half, two points worse than a year ago.
4: So a little bit down for Georgia. Still the second-best
2: team, and they'd be getting 10-and-a-half yeah.
4: against BAM.
1: That's unbelievable, man.
2: Like George, If you just watch Georgia's game against South Carolina, it's hard to fathom that there's a team in the country that would beat them by double digits, and they're in their own conference. <laughs> it's crazy. I agree.
4: with <laughs> uh, it, We're talking history here. I know. In, in, And this is what Vegas does exceptionally well. We quantify. We put numbers on things. Sports talk, and I've said this many times. I spoke at South by Southwest. I did a solo presentation a few years ago. They said, R.J., pick the topic you want. The topic was how sports betting odds, the Vegas odds, create the context of discussions when it comes to sports. Every radio show, it's... How upset should we be the local team lost? Well, if they were 20 point dogs and they lost by seven, maybe not that upset. If they were 20 point favorites, you better be upset. That's the context the Vegas creates. Two more teams Clemson, 11 and a half point underdogs to Bama. And then finally, Oklahoma, 14 and a half. So, Brad, if you could pick one of these games and put the ticket in your pocket, which you can, because these are bettable numbers right now, which dog would you take? Ohio State plus 9.5, Georgia plus 10.5, Clemson plus 11.5, Oklahoma plus 14.5. Which one versus
2: Bama? Give me Georgia plus
1: the 10.5.
2: Fez? Got to take Oklahoma because if Oklahoma gets there to the title game, their power rating is going to go up so much that it will be a
4: bargain. And that's an interesting point Fezic makes. When you have these future-type game bets and it's uncertain if the teams are going to play – Think of the scenario. Let's say there's a uh, a team that just squeaks in the NFL playoffs, just wild cards in with nine wins. If you look at a future Super Bowl odds from the best team in the league, that let's say in the NFL on one side, and then in the NFC, let's say the other side, there's that nine and seven team. If you actually had that line today, it might be sky high between the best team and that nine and seven team. But assuming that nine and seven team wins three games. Well, we're going to reevaluate them. Fez makes an interesting point. This line today for Oklahoma might make sense. But if they make the championship game 14 and a half, actually looks mighty juicy.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
4: And I tell you, guys, one of the things you got to love about the show is you know what we're about. We're about getting great information. Now, some of you bet with it. Many of you, more than half of you, just want to know what other fans don't and Greg Cosell from NFL Films, 39 years. First question, the Browns are a team that Vegas has really been high on relative to public perception for years, and the reason is their stats are so much better than their scoreboard. And the Vegas guys believe in the long run the stats catch up and and they're the truth and the scoreboard isn't. Do you believe in the NFL there's certain teams that lose more close games, not just out of bad luck, but because of fundamental things about that team?
3: Well, I would say the answer to that would be no. Uh, With all the tape that I watch, there are so many variables as to why teams win or lose. And there's so many individual plays that things happen that are very hard to quantify I know we're in a world of analytics as well and sabermetrics and whatever term people want to use and there's there's nothing wrong with using those kinds of things as part of the equation Uh, and I think you have to but I think you also have to understand what that is and what that isn't Uh, so you know I think that when there's 22 moving players on every play you have to be careful about using the result of the play to overtake the process of the game. Do you understand, you understand what I'm no, saying? no, I, I mean, the it, r- results are results. They happen for many reasons. What coaches do and what ultimately dictates how things get played out is process.
4: Think about what he's saying, everybody. What he's, Greg's saying there is the average fan looks at just the scoreboard, right? And then a place like Football Outsiders, an advanced analytics place, looks at each play. And Greg is saying, well, hey, there's 22 elements to every play. You've got to grade each of those. Boy, that's a micro level. But, hey, let's be candid, though, Greg. A guy like, Par- a guy like Belichick, we right. call him the genius, literally. He, that's the one team that wins more one-score games. If you look back three years, four years, five years, six years, their record is number one during all those spans. He is considered an elite coach, it, uh, the elite coach, is this a chicken and the egg that we're thinking he's elite because he got lucky in those games? Or maybe Belichick's the exception they're winning more close games and it's not luck.
3: Well, I don't think there's luck involved when you do it over a long period of time. And let me give you an example. This goes back, and I believe this with their first Super Bowl when they beat the St. Louis Rams, when when Belichick beat Mike Martz. And he chose to play a certain way with a certain tactic that is not the result, in my view anyway, maybe someone would disagree, of of analytics or sabermetrics when he chose to take what we call a bullseye approach. And every time Marshall Falk was in the backfield, offset, next to Kurt Warner in the shotgun, he said, you know what? Marshall Falk is the most important player in this offense, and I'm going to have my edge defender run right at Marshall Falk as he releases into a pass route and hit him and prevent him from doing that and then have my defender rush the quarterback. But it was more important to rush Marshall, to hit Marshall Falk. See, to me, that's a tactical understanding of the game, not an analytical understanding of the game, and I think those two things can be very different.
4: Atlanta in the red zone. And their new off or their second year offensive coordinator, Sarkeesian. The, The narrative in Vegas is oh, Shanahan was elite. He rejuvenated Matt Ryan's career. Now you've got a guy X's and O's wise, maybe not up to the NFL level. Some might say that about Sarkeesian. Now, last week, the Falcons did much better in the red zone. Matt Ryan ran the ball more than you would expect. What's your prediction for? Atlanta's red zone play
3: the well, rest of this season? See, it's interesting you bring that up because they scored two passing touchdowns in the red zone, okay? One of them came when Calvin Ridley, the rookie, in, in man coverage – Beat Dante Jackson, a rookie from LSU. He ran a great route. He beat him off the line of scrimmage and he won the route, and Matt Ryan delivered the football. The other red zone touchdown came when they called a play that's in everybody's playbook in the NFL. Everybody's playbook. And Austin Hooper, the tight end, beat Shaq Thompson, a linebacker who's more athletic than Austin Hooper, but but Hooper won the route and Matt Ryan made a good throw. So now they do these kinds of things every week. When they don't work, does that mean they're bad concepts and bad plays? And when they do work, does that mean they're good concepts and good plays? See, it's too easy to get caught up in the results. Results are easy. Everybody's a genius when the result happens. It's That's why I'm so much more into the process.
4: Okay, so judging the process, if we look at the Falcons in the red zone from the start of last year, the Sarkeesian era, through today, how would you judge their process in the red zone, the Falcons?
3: I think it's been good and bad. For instance, I didn't think some of the things they did the week prior against the Eagles to me were were good tactical concepts, but then again, what they did this week... it is winning a one-on-one matchup a good tactical concept, or do team, do receivers have to win one-on-one at some point? You know, is, when a team throws a fade ball in the, in the red zone to a wide receiver who's covered uh, man-to-man and the receiver catches it, is that a, a good concept? Then when it doesn't work, what fans say is, oh, that's not a good play, they're just throwing it up. So you have to be careful about making definitive judgments on things that at times work and other times don't work Because you know what? Uh, To to be cliched, the other team gets paid, too.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need